There I am. Ah, yeah. There you are. Holy moly. There I am. Uh, freaking easy. Should turn one of my uh, channels off. Ah. I was a little low. But I am back now. And uh, sorry for the low energy intro. God damn. It's not what I wanted to start the show. Um, I felt like I was low energy last week. and uh, Well, we were just getting back into it. Okay. Oh. It was uh, a long two weeks, too. Uh, and now we're gonna continue the tread, 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 <laughs> Jesus. Tread water, yes, that's exactly what we're gonna yep, continue to treading do. treading water. Oh, man, ah, oh, this is the rad years now. Just fumbling mm. over words. Fumbling. So, I've been wanting to read, we got a few, um, reviews. I, I you know, I beg people Ooh. to review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I, I can't really, it's hard to find the Spotify one, so if you do it, I really appreciate it. I'm gonna find it and read it, if you've done it. But the ones on Apple Podcasts, um, I get notifications for. And uh, we got a few reviews that I'm going to read. All from Rob from Whitehall? <laughs> no, no, surprisingly not. Oh. Uh, see all. So, I see. I feel like an old man. See all reviews. Do you need glasses? Okay, here's... Uh, Nam Nam San on December 6, 2023 wrote, I popped five stars. Um, long time listener of the pod. And I love every second of it. I'm going to need more lunch lady heard. She has five pounds of cheese waiting for squeezy poo. Shout out to Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches and box Mac and cheese. Happy holidays. RK and squeezer. Mucho love. Thank you. Thank you. uh, Mucho love to you. Um, what kind of cheese? Then Joe Brewer, aka Brewers Arcade, gave us a f- five star review. He's wrote us one before, but he's sweet <laughs> enough to do it again. Uh, he's still my good old reliable podcast. Ah, the rad year. Still a lawyer, loyal listener for years now, a few years now. The humor and subject matter never get old, and I really appreciate the day to day banter from the past week prior to getting into the topic for the week. Could really use a lunch later return. Keep the episodes coming. Some potential topic ideas. BMX bikes, big wheels, everything back to the future, hot wheels, everything Sega, clubhouses, forts and tents. Thanks for making my long bike rides more enjoyable. He does those long, crazy, like super marathon bike rides. I like that. A wheel show. Wheels. Yes, and then, yeah, that's, that is a good wheel show. Um, and then X spells Y wrote, not a peer pressure review. <laughs> Um, if you've ever lived in or yearned for the greatest time long since past, then this is the podcast for you. The hosts are like the kind of guys I grew up with. The topics are varied and awesome. Arcane Squeezer are friends. I love visiting every ish week. P.S. Long live, a uh, long love, little Squeezer and the Lunch Lady spinoff one. So uh, what I'm hearing 
is... <laughs> I think I suck. Much to the people who hate the lunch lady's dismay. I mean, if you don't want the lunch lady, you know... You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place, because... You've, you've been in a great place lately. Yeah, I haven't um, really... I haven't really done many impressions i've uh i was just thinking about that uh the other day oh, i was listening to uh one of the old something wrestles with and he was doing uh was he doing dusty and Maybe. it just got me thinking I'm like oh we haven't See, heard the impressions of all and then i was thinking about the lunch lady and how much i miss her a lot of uh my a lot of my impressions are impressions of bruce's impressions but i've been doing dusty when I worked at KB Toy Store, John, the manager, who's a big wrestling nut and myself, used to just talk and dusty to each other all the time. Baby, please. Even Jake could verify. Uh, we are at, at State Softball in Penn State the day Dusty Rhodes died. And I started doing my impression. He turned to me and goes, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing the dusty impression for a long time. Baby, uh, if you will... Uh, recognize that the best, second best uh, impression of Dusty Rhodes. I don't know if there's a person who doesn't didn't grow up with Dusty Rhodes and do a Dusty Rhodes impression. Uh, and I am a a Dusty polka dots. Like if it wasn't for Vince putting the bringing in Dusty and putting him in the polka dots, I wouldn't have known who Dusty Rhodes was. Like I didn't know of the NWA and the 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 Mid South and the fucking you know Florida Championship Wrestling stuff. Yeah. I, and the Ric Flair, I only knew. You know, that stuff wasn't readily available back then. Yeah, and we weren't going to try. And even we, we didn't know how. Right. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't readily available if we wanted to, We, you know? Sure. And, um, you know, seeing him in WWF, that's when I got in, back in the WWF, when Dusty was there, baby, going head-to-head with the Macho King, me in that scary sherry I got, sapphire, sweet sapphire in my corner, baby. And nothing gonna get between me and Sweet Sapphire, and then Million Dollar Man just buys her from him. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I've done impressions. But thank you for those reviews, and please keep leaving reviews. Oh, there's Vince. You know who does a better Vince than Bruce? I I never heard it either. Eric Bischoff. Uh, it was either Eighty Three Weeks or um, his Strictly Business podcast. I listened to both. He was doing a Vince impression. I was like, oh, that's pretty fucking good. He's talking about like uh, Dolph Ziggler and Kurt Angle. He's like, I need you to go out there and be a clown, pal. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just really good. And um, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good impression. Easy E. Uh, but uh, yeah, impressions. <coughs> Reviews. I want them. I need them. He, <clears throat> he just wants you to tell him that you want the lunch lady back. I also want that, yes. Yes. Uh, last night we went to the theater squeezer. I'm a theater going citizen. Ah, the theater. Yes. We saw all the boys in the boat. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Was it, was it thrilling? It was something. Did they win? <laughs> mm, yes, I think. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, I, it's history. So it's about the 1936 junior varsity Georgia Huskies rowing uh, junior varsity crew team who goes to the Poughkeepsie regalia uh, instead of the varsity team wins it and then gets to go to Berlin to compete in the Olympics. And I think the most iconic thing from those Olympics, listen, I, uh, yeah, right. I, um, I, (laughs) 
don't direct films, but I'm going to say this to George Clooney. Like, don't shit on your nipple Batman suit as the worst thing you've ever done. No, I'm not. Okay. Oh. No, Ow. no. He's just, he's not a good director. That movie was poorly directed. The fucking worst part of it was the score. Whoever he had, I got what he was going. He was going for 90s nostalgia sports movie, but it was awful. The score was fucking awful. And the, the movie had potential to be a best picture if they did it right, but they did it really it was really poorly directed wow because it's like built in that they just they eat that crap up yeah like you might take a, a movie that's set in, in modern times and if it has just a little too much action in it or a comedy they don't want anything to do with it but if you take something that's boring as shit and drab and maybe have someone with a mental disability playing an instrument they will fawn over that. Also have it in Hollywood. They as in the Academy? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how true or not true that is, but um, lately they've been fawning over stuff I don't understand. Now, nonetheless, he, uh, the problem with the movie was that the third act was split between the Poughkeepsie regalia and Berlin, and they really didn't have enough time to showcase like you're in Nazi Germany for the fucking Olympics. <laughs> you can't, you can't really like brush that off. It wasn't as much as brushed off as it was like, like the fact that like in, I, uh, Enchantress read the book and, and one of the rowers I think was actually Jewish. And there, there was an incident of ripping a Nazi flag down. There was, there was turmoil there. Um, but they didn't really, <sighs> They kind of mentioned like the Americans didn't salute when they came out for their opening ceremonies. You know, they don't really, they just, they, you hear it on a radio or you see it on a fucking newspaper. Someone's holding up. He didn't, I don't know. He didn't get into the weeds. And I guess, you know, I, I and it's sad to say in modern times, you don't want to offend any Nazis who might be seeing your movie, <laughs> but I come from, oh, it is true. I mean, yeah, it's uh I come from an era when Nazis, and I, I still firmly believe that Nazis are the fucking enemy, and Nazis should always be punched in the face by either fucking Indiana Jones or Captain America. Yeah, I don't disagree. You always punch a Nazi in their <laughs> that, stupid that, Nazi that's, fucking I face. I think that's what we're going to find out. We're getting uh, gameplay footage of the new Indiana Jones game coming out sometime this month. We'll see if they uh, oh, pull God, those They're punches. making an Indiana Jones game. Oh, uh, uh, the... Uh, IGN forums are going to be all up in arms. How dare they punch me? I mean, Nazis. I, um, yeah. Huh. I'm just waiting for GTA 6. I love how they're saying GTA 6 is woke because <laughs> there's a, there's a woman character. The, uh, yeah. the most unwoke game in the history of fucking games. Uh, they can't help themselves. They, can't, they really can't. They don't even know what it means. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, by the way, there I don't know were what multiple it means, quite female frankly. playable characters in the first one. You didn't really make a difference because it was a couple little pixels overhead. But the first GTA, you could pick from like eight characters, and half of them were female. So, yeah, I I I don't know. I don't, I really even don't know if people are actually saying that or that was just trolling. Uh, it could be both. I'm, I'm sure it's probably like flat earth where someone goes on and trolls and then it just, you're yeah. right. It is woke. Yeah. Yeah. And she's probably trans too. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, something I learned about today. Transvestigating. Oh. Did you ever hear this? 
What's this? Transvestigating. It's when mm-hmm. like Karen online Karens um mm-hmm. transvestigate people in Hollywood who are actually trans like Arnold Schwarzenegger, did you know is actually a woman? Really? Yeah. I didn't know he was and and hmm. um uh what's the Bruce Jenner's I hate to dead name her, but I can't remember her new name. Uh uh, I want to say Karen, but that's not right. Uh, Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner, uh, is not actually trans. She is actually a natural-born female cis woman. Cis woman. So Bruce Jenner was tra- actually trans as Bruce Jenner. Oh, I yeah. see. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did they know that back then? Look at me with my proper use of. Maybe I'm wrong now. I don't know. If oh, did you, did you just use pronouns? Anymore. They hate that more than no. Anything. I said they. Yeah, no, but the transvestigators oh, that, you, you hate that. Don't do that anymore now. Well, no, you. I'm they. You can. You use pr- using pronouns is fine. I mean, certain people Uh-oh. have different. They, they let you know what they am, so you're not. You yeah, don't mistake their pronouns. Yell at me for being. I'm wrong a lot. Um, yell at me. I, I yell at you all the time. I yell at you. Oh, for, not you. Them. They. They. Yeah. Who's them? I don't know the internet. Oh. People on forums. The collective in- are you using and, the, the and royal form of that, like yeah, the collective. Yeah. The hive, the hive mind of stupidity. Mm. Um, no, no. The one comment I saw was, "You can't have a woman uh, be a playable character in GTA because how do you expect physically? How would you expect them to do a takedown on a man?" That makes no sense. With a gun. <laughs> and and then and that was the next comment was someone just goes. With a gun, like I didn't, <laughs> right. I didn't know GTA was known for its grappling system. Right, with a rack, with a fucking <laughs> machine gun, like, like that's, I mean, anytime you accidentally punch somebody, you usually get killed. Yeah, like their 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 inspiration for this is Bonnie and Clyde. I now, did you know that Bonnie and Clyde? They were the first woke, Annie Oakley. And uh, Bonnie and Clyde. They, they, and uh, we should get on TikTok and find some transvestigators to see if Bonnie was actually um, the male and Clyde was female. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger as a woman, I just didn't know what to believe anymore. That that I assume that that's that's the troll. <laughs> yeah, that, no, but the... they they say this with like they with belief in their eyes, Greaser. Well, no, but someone starts that, and then the lemmings follow suit and like oh of course that makes all the sense in the world because the mainstream media has been calling him a man for the last you know 70 years right so it must be a scam i've never seen his adams her adam's apple ever what an ugly woman too (laughs) (laughs) should have i should have called it her twins not twins or she twins (laughs) shins is there a, a can you feminize the word twins? I'm not asking this for me. That's from the uh, the I'm from the perspective of a transvestigator. Uh, anyway, how do we? We were talking about seeing boys. In the, oh yeah, um, <laughs> boys in the boat. Yeah, uh, Iron Claw, great. Boys in the boat, two stars. Could have been better. Score was just uh, so bad. Uh, Alexandre Desplat. A French film score and classical 
jazz contemporary oh, something or other. Oh, they, they do the score? Yeah. Uh, what do they do? Uh, nominations for The Queen, Benjamin Button. Oh, he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, King's Speech. Hey, and, and Alexander he, Desplat, I've I know him. Like he's yeah, yeah he's worked. Yeah, uh, 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 Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. He's worked with Wes Anderson multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever he did uh, here was fucking garbage. I guess they were trying to go for something, and it just uh, didn't work. I'll have to listen to it. Uh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, I can't find any reviews. Or if anyone did not like it. Oh, here's one. Eyewitness News, The Boys in the Boat Review. Great score and underwhelming sports films. See, I just, I thought the score took me out of it. It was just, it did not fit the movie whatsoever. Unless he just had this like in his back pocket for another movie and He's like, here, look, I did it. <laughs> Fucking Clooney, you'll never know. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm off on this. Music critic Jonathan Broxton called it an, a real return to form for Alexander Desplat after years of ups and downs. Hmm. What? Peter Hammond of Deadline Hollywood said two-time Oscar winner Alexandra Desplat lovely score avoids the usual beats for this genre and is well-matched to what we see on screen. No, it wasn't. I just, you, you go for that period piece and you're going, you're using like a, I'll have to, hmm. I'll have to listen. I don't know. I've, uh... Well, I mean, you also kind of have to see it with the movie. Fair enough, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm, I mean, uh, I could be, I, I've, it's not like the first time I've been wrong about something, but um, yeah. All right. Um, what else did I watch? I watched the first episode of Echo. Have you seen it yet? Uh, No, came out today. Came out yesterday. Yesterday? No. What's today? The 10th. Ah, oh, shit. I'm a whole day behind. You are a whole day behind. Whole show dropped yesterday. There's How was it? Uh, the first episode kind of does like a lot of backstory, but there's a special guest appearance that I did not expect in it. I was like, whoa, holy shit. And Vincent D'Onofrio was just fucking lights out as Kingpin. I mean, he's my go-to why I, I love it so much. That... But... Yeah, someone just shows up in there, and I'm like, oh, well. Hmm. And what I told you the other day about Daredevil being canceled is not true. I don't know why that was on uh, Snapchat news. Oh, that's a relief. Yeah. They... It's funny, because I was looking for that to, you know, find out more, and then there was, I couldn't find anything. I'm like, okay, man. Yeah, well, I don't know good. why people do that shit. That that's the one like I look that the whole superhero fatigue thing. It's it's I now I pick and choose. I I think it's almost because like the the big story was over and I know there's more to tell. But it's like all right. No, they had, they could have it, definitely. It's almost like wrestling. They could have you know? definitely like, benefited from a little mm -hmm. break after uh, 
a little break after um the uh like okay maybe do the spider-man no way home to cl- close that story after uh, Endgame, but yeah it yeah a nice little epilogue break. yeah if you will yeah or or it's like like my wish it, it's like your dessert that was your main course and now here comes dessert and your dessert is chicken wings because it was awesome and chicken wings are awesome yeah, I, I don't think um, anyone. Now is... they're just bringing out like a, a plastic thing of cookies that you get a giant. Like here's your dessert. Uh, yeah, um, I don't think That's anybody my... uh, is going to. So far, um, worldwide, Aquaman: The Last Kingdom has. I mean, it's not horrible, but it's only made a hundred one million domestically. Wow. No one cares. I could no. give two shits. Yeah. And the same thing with the Marvels. Like, whether it was bad, I was going to see it. It's just, it's going to be out in like two weeks now. And I was not clamoring. There was no need for me to clamor to go see it, but I'll wait. And then I can just watch it at home. And I, I did want to see the Marvels in the theater. It just didn't line up with, with being available to go. I have absolutely zero... Uh, like desire to see Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. I want to see no, migration like, before that. Their own advertising did it to them because I saw like the commercials for it and I go, wow, I don't want to see that. Yeah. But Daredevil is that one that, and I'm not talking, like I enjoyed all those series as they came out, but like Daredevil was the one that was just, maybe because it was also fresh at the time. It was something different. The, but the like, second and third seasons were a little long in the tooth. No, I'm talking about the first season. Oh, okay. no. They way too much pad in there for the sake of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I guess now, like, apparently the rumor is that they're going to actually hire showrunners to produce it. Hmm. And not just do it from you know, with executives in a boardroom. And you know. What? They had a showrunner on Dare- the first season of Daredevil. Not in the sense of like someone, like traditional, like your writer, showrunner, you know. Are you sure? There's this whole write up that they did when they when they pulled the plug on it when they had the show pretty much completed, and they threw it out and started over. Hmm. The current one. Oh, oh, you mean the current one? I thought you the were current... talking about the Netflix one. No, 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 no. The current one, like the, they're taking like the Disney approach, like having shooting it like a movie and spending a hundred and fifty million dollars to shoot an entire season without shooting a pilot and then shooting like you would shoot a TV show and see how it develops and be open to change over time, rather than now they like with the. Disney shows just shooting everything and then trying to make it work in post and they're realizing that's not working over a long series. Yeah, I was going to say that the Netflix one definitely, Drew Goddard was involved and I believe it was Stephen, Stephen DeKnight was the showrunner, but No, no, I'm talking like just the Disney, their their way of going about it. I mean, there was a showrunner on the original Marvel shows, like, like uh, WandaVision had a showrunner. I'm just telling you what I read on the internet. <laughs> oh, uh, what, what, but it did. It, WandaVision didn't only have a showrunner. The, the one person directed every episode. Yeah, and that was entertaining. Yeah. 
But what wasn't entertaining? Like Loki, the last show they did was really good. I'm just. Where'd you read this? Article? The internet. The internet, huh? Well, I guess you can't fault the internet. It's got to nope. be true. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe Daredevil was going to be different, but I don't know. They just said that they he went and watched like the first couple episodes and who who, who and, see? Uh, Goddamn pronouns, pal. Feige. God damn it. Thank you for the amusements. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Feige. So they did can some Daredevil, and he like <clears throat> gave it the axe. Yeah, they, they they fired everyone. They you know fired the directors and started reworking it. Started over. Hmm. According to this article on the internet. According to this article on the internet. Because I really liked She-Hulk, too. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was, because it was, again, it was different, too. Like, it wasn't, there was no pressure. It's just like, uh, it's, uh, it was fun. But you would like it, because, you know, you're a woke lib. I'm a woke lib. Um, I don't even know what that means. Creative overhaul. By late September 2023, after fewer than half of the first season's episode had been filmed, Marvel Studios decided to overhaul the series with a new creative direction. Corman and Ord were let go as head writers and were the directors of the remainder of the season series. The studio began searching for new writers and directors. That was just a few months ago. <laughs> oh, so the Hollywood Reporter reported that Marvel Studios executives had reviewed the footage so far and realized that Born Again wasn't working. Corman and Ord's episodic take on the series was said to be large divergent from the Netflix vision version, including that Cox did not appear in costume as Daredevil until the fourth episode. Ooh. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Marvel planned to retain some elements that had been shot at, at new serialized elements and move closer to the tone of the Netflix series. What the hell kind of story can you be telling that it takes that long to get him into the costume? Hmm. That's why people are watching. Oh, God damn it. Thank goodness. They hired Dario Scardapane, who was uh, a writer on uh, the Punisher series, um, to be the showrunner for Born Again. Oh, good. Uh, so they're going to use... I mean, I had... They said, this came after Marvel changed its approach to television production to have more traditional showrunners rather than head writers. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, so, okay, that, well, seeing what you read was true. Oh, look at that. Kind the of. Ver that, mark that. It's the first time ever on the internet. The Speaking of, did you end up buying any of that uh, whiskey? No, no, you, I would never do that. Yeah, I'm it, usually stuff like that tastes like turpentine. Yeah, no, no, it's it's for uh, hipsters that want. There's uh, no chance on earth he aged that thing for six years. It was probably aged for a six year, like like a like equivalent of six years. Yeah, no, because you you can buy a well known whiskey or scotch that's like well established. And known to be of high quality for half that price. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm not doing that. 
I just went on the slam. Yeah, just okay. I was scared for a minute. I'm like, no, squeeze no. don't. <laughs> I would not. I would not. I would not do that. Uh, my and my palate, my palate does not exceed uh, like my abilities do not exceed more than I would say fifty dollars. I can. Tell, That's a stretch. Like that Long Branch, I could tell is better than Wild Turkey, but I still yeah. like Wild Turkey. Yeah. No, I, I I like that's I like like that's my treat myself. I go with the long branch. Um I usually get but, a handle and I of like, four I like roses. Woodford Reserve. Woodford Reserve is is good, but I really can't tell a difference between that and like wild turkey, so Ah, uh, see I, I get that wild turkey's a little sweeter for me, I feel like. Mm. Yeah. Well, but I, and that's why I had to stop drinking crown. It was or the regular crown. Like, why don't you like why black. don't you drink like uh, a rye? bourbon because uh, i don't like rye I, I occasionally i do uh knob creek makes a good uh rye that i like but it's too i don't know zesty uh, uh, what's that zesty yeah yeah almost and a little too much on like the uh, what was the it was like a wheat what the hell was the name of it it was lock something lock and key lock up Hmm. It was, a, but it was a weeded rye, and well, I immediately that was I, probably I, too sweet for you because wheat's what makes it sweet. It, it was something. It was something, and I don't like peaty either. Oh, like, I hate you know, that's not, that's scotch though. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's go, when they uh, peat age it. Scotch. Yeah, I don't. Not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. But yeah, th- this stuff. I'm. I'm not about to. Yeah, and then and for me to even have a flask to put it, that's just asking for trouble. Oh, yeah. It's it's conveniently in that nice big glass bottle that I can't put it in my pocket and take it with me. <laughs> take little nips during the day. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't. I don't need that. Yeah, you know, I'll just. I'll need a nap after every like five nips. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like me walking around with like a Five Guys cheeseburger in my pocket and just take like a little nibble every like just unwrap the foil, just take a little like a squirrel, wrap it back up, put it back in my pocket. Yeah, or like a bag of Five Guys cheeseburgers. Yeah, because then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, God, I need more, and just devour them, you know? The, oh. That beef stick was really fucking good. I'm going to start. Did you just have one? I just had one. So I'm going to start pre-logging when I wake up in the morning, and I, I, I chart my calories, and I, I put my 45 calories for my uh, Metamucil, and then I, I, log, I pre-log my two beers uh, for the night, and now I'm gonna pre-log my uh, beef stick for the afternoon. So how many calories is in one of those beef sticks? Uh, 110. Well, that's not bad. Which it, for for what you get and the quality of it, it's a quality meat. Thank you, by the way. Um, it's it's well worth it. So I'm at at 360, 355 calories to uh, uh, you know, that I have, and uh, the rest of it is uh, for food. There you go. All right. I'm back on the wagon. Back, Feeling good. Back on the wagon. I've been, so, uh, I've been re-watching Sopranos because about a month ago, Enchantress uh, was having trouble sleeping and she's a joke that when we try, I tried watching Sopranos with her. She liked it, but she kept falling asleep during it. So she's like, just put on Sopranos. So she couldn't sleep and she said, just put on Sopranos. And before she could finish saying Sopranos, like, woke up this morning. And, uh, yeah, so I restarted it. So I just finished season one 
but it's the 25th anniversary so and uh yeah. it's, it's on and of course brad's watching it too so uh we've been sopranos texting and talking uh you've been just caught in the crosshair yeah it's fine i don't mind it I, I, i'll i'll sit in the crosshair of sopranos talk all day it's been a while since i yeah, Sopranos is just so fucking good. That show is it so is. great. That's that's like Rad Years material. I mean, we've we've referenced it on the show a handful of times. So yeah, I was in high school. It was ninety eight. Counts. Counts. Yeah. All right. Here, uh, I guess, unless you have anything else. I no. Could no. Start the show. I mean, I know, I know they love the the pre rambling, but I couldn't even tell you what we rambled about. Oh, transvestigating. Yeah. Um, you go first. Oh shit! You know what? I didn't load your clips. Ah, oh, I worked. So I even sent them to you early last night. Oh, you did? Yeah. Look at you. Don't squeeze Well, it doesn't take more than ten seconds. I see this guy, and he tells me that I'm just a happy, well-adjusted souse, which he will if the quack has a brain in his head. Would you all please leave me alone? Of course, won't we? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Okay, fine. Tell him to drop by. I'll try to fit him in between Dane. Why don't you say hello to him right now? Hello, Sam. <laughs> I'm Dr. Fraser Crane. I'm sorry I startled you. <laughs> this is weird. Ah, uh, I know you love Cheers. I never watched it. Really? Mm -hmm. It's good. I bet it is. Um, it's 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 much uh, a smarter. It's got plenty of dumbness to it, especially once uh, Woody Harrelson shows. But even his dumbness is well written and smart. Um, at a time when you had a lot of really dumb comedies on, and it was the '80s and things. I mean, like the gold that like '80s golden age was kind of firing up. You're gonna get like Hill Street. When did Hill Street Blues start and stuff? Like that. But there was this era prior like in uh you know through the 70s and 80s there was a lot of like crappy sitcom stuff just churning out content and you had shows you had your outliers like mash and stuff and then you have uh cheers which is another outlier and it's much drier smarter um it, it's it wasn't the 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 big bang theory of its age um and the characters were likable and it's like it's like us, you know. It's like we're. Like are we likable? That, I don't know, the, the last three, uh, according to three emails, we are, and that's on the internet. That was an email. Those are actual or, reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh well, then yeah, that the internet the internet says we're we're likable, um, except for Arnold Schwarzenegger. He doesn't like us anymore since you outed him. But who doesn't um, like us anymore? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that. the woman. It's not the tumor. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's just that's uh, uh, some meta stuff that they're setting up uh, for uh, his next film. I'm such a masculine man. Um, I can't do a good Arnold. <laughs> uh, well, no, that's the thing. No one does a good Arnold because everyone, everyone's impression of Arnold is an impression of an impression of Arnold. It's basically everyone just doing the impression of a stand, a shitty stand-up comic in the 80s doing an impression. When they just turn around and go, hey, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, get to the chopper. That's, you know. Look, I just did one. It was a good one. Thanks. Um, 
Yeah, it ran for 11 seasons. Uh, it, it started in 82, so 1984 would have been the third season, and it was the third season uh, where we first meet Frasier. Uh, he wasn't an original cast member. And whereas, like, Ted Danson um, and uh, Rhea Perlman, John Ratzenberger, and George Went would all play their characters in, like, 100 and 169, 269 episodes. Like, through, they were in every episode throughout the season uh, series. Uh, Kelsey Grammer would go on to play Frasier in, like, a thousand episodes between his 202 and Cheers. How many seasons of Frasier, which I, I'm not saying I'm a Frasier fan. I didn't really like Frasier. Um, because... My th- I liked him on Cheers. He was good in, like, drips, and he was at certain levity. Then it was, like, when he gets his own show, then it's, like, too much. Uh, and then there was, like, after Frasier, whatever the hell, there was a kind of sequel asked for a little bit. Uh, but when this came out, like, people were pissed. Like, they did not like him. Because he originally was brought on as a... Uh, uh, a love interest for Diane, who is Ted Danson's counterpart, and on again, off again, will they, weren't me, will they, won't they, Ross and Rachel, before there was a Ross and Rachel, it was Sam and Diane. And uh, I think it was like my mom loved Diane because she kind of saw herself in it because she was like the nice girl. And See, she my parents smart. didn't watch Cheers. My dad watched Cops and my mom watched like bad television. I mean, my parents both watch bad television. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why I have a soft spot for it is because my dad and my mom love it. was one of those shows that they like to watch together. Mm. And that was like the only time I can remember like, oh, Cheers is on. Yay. I'm like, oh, it's like a family thing. Other than that, my dad was watching racing and hockey and I don't think my mom really got to watch TV because then I was watching cartoons. So it was like. One of those things. Um, and I get it now, because now I don't get to watch TV. Now I have to wait until 10 o'clock at night to watch something that I like. Um, also, because most of the stuff that I like, it really isn't appropriate for them to be. I would love to sit down on when I get home from work and throw some Sopranos on. I'm probably not going to have it on uh, before, like, 8 o'clock at night. A lot of explaining to do. And don't say that word. Um, but yeah, uh, so Kelsey Grammer was the new love interest for Diane because they were broken up and it was a thing. And he was literally getting threats out in the real world. Like, how dare you get in the way of their relationship? People hated him. Like, they, they were writing letters to the show wanting him fired and, and like, how dare they break up uh, man it must have been nice when people had to write a letter put in an envelope buy a stamp put it in the mailbox and wait two to three weeks till it got there to bitch about yeah. something and 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 to never find out if anyone actually read it right like you're gonna go through all this and no one will read it whereas you can go and post something on the internet and know that someone's gonna read it and someone just like you is either going to agree with you which you're going to love or disagree with you, which you're going to love even more because now it gives you something to do and talk about for the next 12 hours. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Um, but yeah, uh, he was only supposed to. He was supposed to be, you know, a short-term cast member uh, for uh, do a couple episodes and then move on and kind of actually be the reason uh, Sam and Diane get back together, which is what everyone wanted. Um, but then she like stands him up at the wedding, and uh, he goes from being a well, uh, uh, well-to-do psychologist to just another one of the drunks at the bar after you know his heart is broken, and then becomes a regular cast member after that, um, and becomes just one of the other schlubs at the bar, which is where I think he's at his best. That's Woody. No, uh, Kelsey Graham. Kelsey Graham. Frazier. No, Woody Woody replaced um, Coach, who was um, uh, the older the older guy that was like the bartender and Sam's old like coach. Like Craig Teal Nelson coach? Craig no, Teal Nelson? No, no, no. Uh, what was his real name? Uh, Nicholas Colasanto. Oh, right. Played, a, yeah, yeah. Not Coach Coach, but this is different coach. Uh he was the bartender. Well, he passed away IRL in early 85. So, like, the last episodes he shot were in 84. When did we were able to f- Kirstie finish. Alley come into the scene? She's dead, right? She died. I don't think so. Did she? Yeah, she died, like, a year or two ago. No. Wait, did she? Oh, she did, 2022. Yeah. Fuck. That's right. Yeah. Um, She came in season five, I think. Um, subsequent main. So I think she came in season. Oh no, season six. Wow. So and and that's where like I feel like that was my where the show really actually hit its stride was like five and six. And I think that was the case with the ratings too. Uh, let's see, season four. So it was ranked. First season ranked seventy fourth, second season thirty four. It caught on. Season three was thirteen, and then season four it was five, three, three, four, three. A show in its ninth season uh, was pulling in a twenty one point three in nineteen ninety, and it was a number one rated show. Hmm. And then it dropped to four, and then eight in its last season. And I think, um... oh yeah, that's when. Uh... Diane came back. Interesting. It's when, uh, yeah, Shelley Long reprised her role in a guest spot. Maybe people didn't want Sam and Diane to get back together. Um, no, yeah, she came on board. Uh, Woody Harrelson came on in, um, season four, replacing a coach who passed away. So you went from the old timer who had, like, it was like that grandfather role, and he had, like, that kind of wit about him. And you bring in the young dumb kid who was there for, you know, the idiot jokes, which as a kid made him my favorite character because I got those kind of larfs, you know? Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like season three, 80, 84, you know, you, you get it's like, uh, you know, like I say, like, especially with uh, Parks and Rec, like first season's good. But it, you don't. It doesn't. The show really doesn't hit its stride until like two and three when it, they it finds its identity. Right, and that's what I think. Cheers did. I think like season three, it starts. I, I think to with find comedies, that's that's usually the case. Like The Office, season one was okay, but season two was great, and season three was its best. 
in my mm. opinion. Uh, but Sopranos season one is fucking gold. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Th- that's all you Cheers. got about that? Oh, uh, yeah. Here is. I'm going to sneeze. So I'm going to play it. Bless you. And <coughs> I Fuck. will. Tra- oh, you did not pot that down. Ah. You, yeah. you might want to get a little wipe. <laughs> Everything all right in here? Yes, Nanny. I just uh, I just had to play the whole song because it's just that great. Oh. So in the in the intro alone, there's Indiana Jones footage and a Tie Fighter. <laughs> but so I uh, read this article uh, with one of the creators a few weeks ago, and he said that the reason why it can't have a like a home video release of Muppet Babies is because of all that footage. It basically they'd have to take it all out and ruin the show. And the reason why they have all that is because like everybody in Hollywood loved Jim Henson, so like he'd go to um, you know, uh, it's George Lucas and be like, Hey George, can I use star Wars stuff? And Indiana Jones saying, yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't, you don't have to pay rights. Yeah, that's fine. But you know, now in the stream, now that Disney owns all those properties and you know, even though they own Muppet babies too, which I don't fucking understand. There's, I think there's other things at play, of course. But, yeah. Uh, Chuck Lorre was actually a writer who wrote the dribble of um what's that big bang theory i fucking hate this show yeah um but he did grace under fire sybil uh two and a half men um 1984 the show premiered uh and didn't finish up its run until 1991 damn i didn't really watch much of this on saturday morning this was more of a nickelodeon um after school thing you know for me mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, nanny, I love fucking Muppet Babies. Oh yeah, I I, I think too because you like you said you didn't watch it Saturday morning because it was available to watch other times, so there wasn't as much pressure. There's other stuff that you were only gonna get Saturday morning. Yeah, there's stuff I remember watching Saturday morning specifically, like um, like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. That was a weekday show, but the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers three that was a Saturday morning only show. Yeah, and. You know, the the Fox Kids, there was some of that stuff was on weekdays, like Power Rangers and shit, mm-hmm. and Animaniacs and, like, uh, Tiny Toons. Like, I remember watching that on weekdays and Disney Afternoon, too. But there was, like, Tick and X-Men. Um, yeah, that, that was, like, must-watch TV. That was Saturday. But even Batman started as After School Daily. Yeah. The Batman animated series. So, um... 
Yeah, wasn't there wasn't all Saturday morning cartoons. It was a lot of it was after school, like give something to the kids to watch when they get home from school. Yeah, but all this latchkey kids. You kind of said this last week. Uh, the premiere, uh, they started just doing the artwork, and I guess it was created by the Jim Henson and the staff, and originated in the art department uh, during the creation of Sue Venning's Muppets Show Bill. Uh, Jim Henson suggested to include Muppets as tiny little selves and afterwards as babies. And the book was not changed, but the idea was described as charming. Uh, afterwards, the staff, including Michael K. Furf, created sketches and drawings of the Muppet Babies and first showed the sketch of Baby Piggy to Jim Henson, and he decided to turn it into merchandise, which you said it was on, like, diapers and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, play suits, underwear, dresses, and overalls. Uh, and by January 1st, 1984, there was a comic strip adaptation of the Mupp- Muppet Babies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And during production of Muppet Take Manhattan, which you talked about last week, Miss Piggy's original fantasy sequence was written on the screenplay. Because Henson was enthused about the Muppet Babies, he convinced Frank Oz to include them in the film, replacing the original fantasy sequence. Yeah, I forgot what they said the original sequence was. Yeah. But, um... Muppet Babies. Yeah. April. Uh, greenlit. Uh, the concept was created on March 10th, 1984. It was greenlit on April 13th, 1984 by CBS. <clears throat> and, I mean, it's a good show, too. Oh, yeah. So like I found... well done. You could find rips of the seasons on YouTube. Um, premiering September 15th, 1984. Season one, 13 episodes. Great stuff. At a time when they're cranking out a lot of garbage to sell uh, action figures. Yeah, there was like uh, McDonald's dolls and a lot of merch for this, but, you know, not like uh, the action figure, the Kenner lines. It's like the writing and the animation took, you know, priority over just... It set a trend. Uh, we talked about Tiny Toon Adventures. Um, they're not babies, but they're like kid versions of, mm-hmm. you know, Looney Tunes. A pup named Scooby-Doo, the Flintstone Kids, Tom and Jerry Kids. Uh, I forgot all about Yeah. I love pup names. I like pup named Scooby-Doo over fucking regular Scooby-Doo anyway. Me too. Yeah, that was great because Fred was such an idiot. That was hysterical. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking great. Um... And I even like Flintstone kids as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, and I've seen every one of the new ones. Uh, the, it's, the the new ones aren't that bad either. The new the 2018 series oh. is actually pretty good. There were Parker Brothers music LP and cassettes. Of Muppet Babies, their first album called Rocket to the Stars was released in July of 1985. It featured an <laughs> outer space adventure with 11 original songs starring Muppet Baby characters. Um, then there was obviously comics. There's Muppet Baby comics. Uh, there was uh, live performances. Muppet Babies had three live performances produced between 1986 and 1990. Um, each tour involved 16 cast members, eight crew members, concession staff, and support office staff. 
All the voices and the music were pre-recorded and the costumes were designed, produced in Henson Associates to retain authenticity. So it was like um like a live, not on ice show, but you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I got you. Like big, big versions in costume. It was Muppet Babies Magic Box, Muppet Babies Where's It's Animal. Um yeah, Jesus. Professional dancers auditioned in New York City, Los Angeles, and Minneapolis to fill roles. Approximately 600 people were auditioned for the live performances per year. The cast would rehearse in Minneapolis for up to 10 hours a day for three weeks. Andrew Carl Wilk, director of the live performance, stated that directing them from pre-recorded voices to costume and movements were difficult. The production stage would be constructed with sets, properties, and lighting for four to seven hours for each destination. Ah, oh, that's a long fucking preset. The dancers were transported by a chartered bus on each Monday and had a day off on each Tuesday. It's like a wrestling schedule. Yeah. Well, that's it from Muppet Babies. Here is your next Dance on our floor. Take a step that is new. Take a step that is new. We space that needs your face. Please company too. You'll see that life is a fun again. Laughter is coming for you. We've all had enough of that song. Uh yeah. I, I, you know, you sing the theme song in your head, you know, from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was catchy. But you forgot, now this is a season, uh, there's actually season eight uh, theme song because uh, we're talking 1984. And I, as a kid, it's like you don't know how TV works and what when it's new or when it's not. Um, now, I know I wasn't catching Three's Company in 1984 when I was a wee little tot. You know, I was one. And... Like yeah, Muppet Babies. I'm I'm sure my mom put you know Muppet Babies on. I sat there and drooled and was like, oh yay, clap at the little things, and then get scared when like they open the door and there's the monsters, you know, inside or you know, a tie, a tie fighters coming at me. Yeah, I'd be terrified. Um, oh, and uh, the and the new one, uh, Miss Nanny. If you recognize the voice, uh, Mona Lisa Saperstein. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The new the new what? The Muppet Babies. The reboot from a couple of years ago. Money, daddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mrs. Squeezer caught that. She's like, I know. She's from voice. Saturday Night Live. Is that where she was? From? Mm-hmm, that's where she was from. That that era, I wasn't really. Uh... You know who John Ralphio voices, right? The Muppet Babies? No, the cartoon character he voices. Uh. Uh, when you say it, I'm gonna go. Oh, of course. But... Sonic the Hedgehog, in the movies. Oh. Yeah, he does a really good job too. And he, um, in the second movie, he uh, he does a John Ralphioism. I still haven't seen him. 
Oh, they're really good. The third one's coming Where out they... this year. Jesus Christ. Where are they streaming at? I think Paramount. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. That's, I have one hard rule. I'm not going to have Paramount in my house. Yeah. They uh, might be on Netflix. I don't know. I have that. Um, yeah, so Three's Company, I, I, I had no idea. It, this blew my mind, too. I'm like, oh, Three's Company was on in 1984. No, it ended in, well, technically it ended in 85. But uh, Oh, they're on Amazon Prime. Oh. The Sonic movies. Do I have to pay for them? Nope. Oh, no, they didn't end in... They're both on there, one and two. No, it wasn't. September of 84 was the last episode. Interesting. Um, Okay, I'll have to check that out. Um, Yeah, I watched this... What are you talking about? uh, Three's Company. Okay. I watched this ad nauseum as a kid. It was like my go-to, just dumb TV, Three's Company was on, we watched it. And I'm pretty sure my parents absolutely hated it. Um, I remember being on occasionally, but I never really paid attention or cared I, for it. I, I, I had a thing for Joyce DeWitt. I know everyone was That's like, That's the oh, brunette, Suzanne. right? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Chrissy, Suzanne Summers. She's, you know, the, the I'm like, no, no, no. I had the brunette. That was my thing <laughs> at, at whatever, you know, five was. Um and of course, and then I, John Ritter, I just like wanted him to be my friend, because uh, he was just dumb and silly on the show, and yeah, that Jack Tripper character. But like, John Ritter is just so fucking good at. It, and you no, know blew my mind too. What you know? It's been twenty years since he passed away. What? Yeah, dude. Two thousand three. What? Yeah. I remember up, that. No, it's past that. Yeah, I remember it vividly. Like I was heartbroken, and because I was, he was I, on Scrubs. That's how I like was like, huh, John Ritter, and he was doing that yeah. show um, uh, with uh, Kaylee Kaukau Kaukau as his daughter. Eight simple rules. Yeah. Um. Well, eight simple rules for dating, dating my, my teenage, teenage daughter, daughter, and right. then they change it to eight simple rules. They like they asked for his. Uh, um. Oh, what's who's he married to? What's um. Amy Yazbek. Um, they, like, got her blessing to keep the show go- I mean, not that she would have this ultimate say, but she's like, yeah, keep the show going and stuff like that. But, I mean, I never watched it. Is at he? That point, we were in- Don't jump on the audio board while we're recording the Izzy, show. Is he? You know what happens when you touch the knobs. Daddy sounds funny. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he he was on Scrub doing like he was playing JD's dad on Scrubs, and then um, mm-hmm. they killed him in the show. Um, that was that was a sad episode. I mean that that show really knows how to fuck with your heart. Scrubs. Yeah. Oh, so good. Love that show. So Another one of my yeah. go-to favorite shows. Yeah. Um, I and I love for the longest time, uh, when like just. Prior to streaming, when you can just do whatever you want, uh, but like that, Comedy Central was like that haven go to. It's just nothing's on. I'll turn on Comedy Central and Scrubs is gonna be on. Now like the Office is always on. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, but I used to watch. I got into the Office because of watching Scrubs because it was on Thursday night. It was must see TV. Hmm. I don't know. I, I if it's on, it's on. I don't go out of my way. I was never a big Office person. 
Oh man. And I I, oh, I think yeah. it I think it was the um uh what am I uh, other than uh, not a douche but uh, <laughs> anti the uh dentite Yeah, like uh or the mockumentary? No, no, no. I I don't mind the mockumentary. Just uh not, I don't want to say I'm just being too cool for the room. Just like everyone was into it. No, so, not really. Eh. It, it had horrible ratings. Everyone got into it afterwards, which pisses the creators off. Same with 30 Rock. No one watched 30 Rock or The Office. Oh, or Scrubs. That's why Scrubs had to jump to ABC. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I fuck it. Uh, when 30 Rock like wasn't getting the love, like I just didn't understand. I'm like, people need to fucking watch this. Um, but uh, not Three's Company. It, it's, it's so weird, too, because like, it really is like at at the same time like, so a Cheers had started when this had ended. So this is almost like what I'm talking about. This show was like top ranked, like pulled in the ratings. It was like started at eleven and then you know catches on and then three, two, two, eight, four, six, you know, like getting like a twenty six point three, a thirty point three, like ridiculous ratings for this dumb show. And it is dumb. It was not like an intelligent it's a very much different kind of humor than that it's your very simple-minded silly sitcom and i don't mean that to insult it it's just you know it's what people like to sit around and watch and feel good about themselves um and yeah you john ritter joyce dewitt and suzanne summers that's your main cast and then uh you had the ropers were the the landlords and you had a couple other people coming in and out but that was your main cast and then they took the Ropers out. They got their own spinoff. Don Knotts came on. And it's Don Knotts. So he's just, again, silly and ridiculous. He's great. Um, and then they were thinking about, like, bringing the Ropers back on. But you know who wasn't a, a – when you had – you realized that one person, Don Knotts, could play the role of two people. What do you think the producers wanted to do? Keep Don Knotts playing one character that they had to pay for or bring back two characters to pay? Uh, I'm completely lost in what you're talking about. Oh. Uh, they, they just, they realized they didn't need to pay two people to play, you know, fill one role. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then, then there was a lot of on-set drama. They made Don Knox like wear dress and drag and play like his sister <laughs> or something. I'm like, did they do that? That's why I thought you were getting Don, that. Don, no, no, no. He was just, uh, he played Mr. Furley. And instead of having Stanley and Helen Roper, you had one uh, Mr. Furley. Uh, you, to, you only had to pay for one actor instead of two. Yeah. Um, and then there was a whole lot of drama. Uh, Suzanne Summers, and I think it was like season, end of season two or season three, where she wanted to be paid more. She wanted to be paid uh, equal with John Ritter. And maybe she was ahead of her time, but I'm pretty sure she wanted a lot more than what John Ritter was getting. And so they basically wrote her out and she would just <clears throat> like she would shoot her segments separately all at once for like a minute each. And she'd be like alone, like, you know, how like, they would do like the phone call from the character that like got written off or isn't there anymore. Like, 
she mm. would get this little tag at the end, and that's how like she would be on the show, but they kept her salary the same. Mm. So there was a falling out with her and the rest of the cast, and eventually she would get fired in uh, season four, season five, and get replaced uh, with uh, Cindy, and mm. then and then Terry would be replace Cindy at the end, and that that's like no one re- really remembers if you see them. It's like the opposite of like Batgirl. It's like when you see that Bat cycle, you're like, "Ooh, a Batgirl episode," but when when you when you see Cindy or Terry, you're like, "Oh." It's a, it's not a Chrissy episode. I do not know what you're talking about. Oh. What? You don't get excited when you see... I know you, Batgirl, you... but I've never watched Three's Company, really. I didn't know there was other oh. people on it. Oh, yeah. They they replaced her character. The, they replaced the, the dumb blonde multiple times. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it went on for uh, eight seasons, and... Uh, 172 episodes and it ended in 1984 which is what blew my mind because like I honestly thought it would have like maybe it ran through 84 but in my head like I watched it so much I thought it ran like all through the 80s because it was just on so much right but uh, well you would think nope. you could think today that The Office and Seinfeld were produced in 2022 with how much they're on fair enough yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, shall we? Okay, let's shall. Let's go to. Got to put it up. So, my brother. Especially, and me also, were huge Airwolf fans. But not, again, like you, not because of the original CBS 1984 run, but more because of the 1987 USA pickup. USA picked up the show in 1987 and produced, I think, 30 more episodes. So 55 episodes ran on CBS from 84 to 86. Uh, 24 with a new cast and production company aired in USA Network in 87. And those were the episodes we watched. And when we, <laughs> they'd play the other ones, we didn't really know what the hell they were. They were. <laughs> um, Airwolf, it's about a stealth, uh, high-technology attack ca- helicopter codenamed Airwolf and its crew. And um, it was, it was, it's kind of like that uh, parody um, night boat on Simpsons. There's yeah. always, there's always, every week there's a fjord. <laughs> <laughs> there's always some way for Airwolf to, to get in a heli- the stealth helicopter. Um, yes, it's, it's. So it's just like Knight Rider with propeller. Exactly, Knight Rider with propeller. It was a supersonic helicopter with stealth capabilities, which I think is kind of impossible. <laughs> That's not how, it, people don't know how stealth works. Right. Yeah, just like beat it. Like you have, like the helicopter works with its propeller, and the noise of it pushing against the air is just going to be loud. I don't know. Whatever, it worked. <laughs> um, the USA Network had uh, so, 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 uh, John Hogg, Joe Santini, Mike Rivers, uh, the characters, and then um, 
not uh, Ernest and Vincent uh, Borgnine. Ooh. Or Jan, Jan Michael Vincent, I'm sorry, and Ernest Borgnine were uh, in the original. But uh, we did wind up watching those because re- I'd replay them. It was just like the same as like Good Morning, Miss Bliss, when it was just retagged uh, Say by the Bell. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> this is not <laughs> the same show, but you watched it. The same kind of thing with what you're talking about with uh, Three's Company. Um, but a cool show. My brother even had like a little like eight-inch Airwolf toy helicopter. Um, I honestly, it, would you be surprised if I told you I've never seen an episode of it? Mm, yeah, no, no. I mean, it was kind of, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, out, the, out there. Yeah, USA. So it wasn't on network, and of course we had cable because cable household. But well, we were stealing it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, here's not your th- from you guys. Don't worry. Here's your third pick. Okay. Not enough. What? That lo- that log pierce is so annoying. You gotta let her There you go. That's you gotta wait for. <laughs> Sorry. That was worth it. It's it's a visual. Uh yes, and uh the nineteen uh Roman numerals. God damn it. Oh, this one should be easy. Uh, 15. Wait, no. 15, 5, V, 1, 2, 3, 8. Super Bowl 18, 1984. Mm-hmm. Which was at Tampa Bay between Washington and Los Angeles. Um, uh, Apple ran the 1984 advertisement. Was that um, it? That was it. That's the spot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where, there was a voiceover at the end that says, uh, 1984. Yeah. Won't be like 1984. Yes. Uh, which, um, th- it's great because there's a lot of conversation, discussion about this on the internet, again, that place, and a lot of people, like, breaking it down, like, what 1984 means, and they're like, Oh well, like because in 1984, like computers and this and that, like people like no, you idiot! It's talking about the book, and like what book? And like read the book or even the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people have no like they're breaking this spot down and trying to explain it when really having no idea what the hell they're even talking about. It's actually quite uh, entertaining. Um. There are multiple numbers bouncing around. Someone reported that it cost $900,000 to make. It, it did not. Um, it, it's closer to probably like the $300,000 mark. That's what Ridley Scott, uh, he said it cost uh, around 250000 and he complained about uh, budgeting when producing it um, and, and directing it. Yeah, they brought on uh, Ridley Scott to do uh, 
an Apple commercial. And I don't know exactly. I'm going to talk out of my ass here because this is on the Internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like when people first went out and started getting like big name directors to do commercials. Um, I'm sure maybe they took the work then. And I mean, he wasn't the Ridley Scott now, but he was still he still had aliens under his belt, which made uh, a fortune. Uh, Blade Runner, uh, not well received at the time, definitely uh, aged well and it's cult following and it's been elevated to, you know, know, social uh, sci-fi God status. Like it's responsible for basically the whole, what you see as the cyberpunk look is, you know, everyone takes from Blade Runner now. Um, But yeah, they went and got him for this dystopian spot where uh, it basically saying that, the government and big business all use, uh, you know, like IBM computers and their big brother and they're, they're watching you and you all have to. And this this plain gray drone of a world and Apple's going to come and give you the power uh, to have a home computer and uh, do it with style. Uh, and it was huge. It was. A monster hit, won multiple awards, won it, can, and considered the greatest Super Bowl commercial ever made. Hmm. Um, I mean, I disagree. I think it's the the Budweiser lobster one, but uh, it's up there. Uh, And, yeah, I didn't know, so I, I was reading up a little bit about it, so... They gave him the idea. Uh, the uh, the people, the uh, Steve Jobs and uh, uh, John Scully. Who the hell is John Scully? Works for Steve Jobs. Gotcha. Okay. Thank well, he you. worked. He was on the board with Steve Jobs. Gotcha. Okay. So the two of them uh, were all about it and working with uh, uh, Chiat uh, Day. Uh, and they're with T. Now they merge TBWA World. Just one of those big uh, firms. They developed the spot, brought on Ridley Scott. They put it together. They presented it to the board, and the board hated it. Mm. And the board hated all... the board hated Steve Jobs. They brought in John Scully was the CEO of Pepsi, who did the the Pepsi Challenge promotion. Okay. So Steve Jobs was like uncontrollable. So they brought John Scully in to like rein him in. Gotcha. And then uh, they just kicked him out of the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then but, he came but, back and saved it. Uh, but uh, Scully was big on it too. Yeah, because uh, Scully but, loved Steve Jobs. He took him on. It's like they're like a father son relationship. Gotcha. Um, Board didn't like it, and they had already bought a minute and a half of Super Bowl ad time. Um. And they're like, no, sell, just sell it all back, sell it off to other people, uh, come up with a 30-second spot, and we'll just run that. So sell a minute of it or whatever. Uh, they went to a bunch of other, like, just friends, family, anyone, uh, uh, was. Like, they started raising money themselves to pay for the spot to run it because they loved it so much. Um, and then 
they went to the ad agency and the ad agency is like, okay, we'll go sell the time. And it, it's a minute long spot. And they had a minute 30. I'm, I don't know if there was more cut or whatever. But they went and they sold the 30 seconds of it. And then they came back and said, hey, guys, we tried. We could not sell the last remaining 60 seconds. We're going to have to eat it. And just we might as well just run the spot in this minute block that we have. They did not. They didn't even bother. They they sold that 30 seconds and then just said they tried to sell it. They didn't even make one offer. They're like, no, we're going to run this spot. It's fucking great. And I think history proved them right. Um, and I want to say it, it was like the first real big commercial. Hmm. Um, there's been other, you know. I only before, knew about it in hindsight. Obviously, I don't remember it ever airing because it only aired in 1984. After yeah. the Macintosh was introduced, they never aired it again. Yeah. Well, it only ran in the Super Bowl. Like it, they didn't. It wasn't even run throughout. Like oh, over and over. Like that was it. It was a one-off. Like that was like the power. Like I remember the first time I saw it, I was watching the press conference where Steve Jobs came back to the company, and he had um, Bill Gates come on on a big screen, two big screens flanking the stage to announce that Microsoft Office was coming back to the Mac, the iMac. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Wow, I mean, talk about uh uh turn like living long enough to become the villain. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's nineteen eighty four and then they showed the everyone made the comparison, and it was when that movie um Pirates of the Silicon Valley came out, okay, that's when uh someone was reviewing it on like e t or something, and they showed that commercial, and I was like, "Oh, that was the first time yeah. I saw it i I'm gonna say, yeah, the first time I saw it was in like one of those." Uh, not nostalgia show, but somewhere they're talking about. Yeah, they, they, those I love whatever. the '80s shows on VH1 showed it like all the time. Yeah, um, but I remember. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good spot, and I'm a Ridley Scott fan, so this was. And is finding his finding his way because he would go on to do uh, a certain uh, epic. Known as a legend. Well, he did Alien first. Well, no, no. I mean, he did Alien and he did Blade Runner. Then he Mm. did the 1984 commercial. Then he would go on and uh, direct Legend starring Tom Cruise. I like that movie. Yeah, I do. But it it, it, definitely influenced by Legend of Zelda, no matter what he says. But it bombed. uh, Well, you can't watch that in your house. It came out in 85. I guess yeah. Zelda came out too. Yeah, it was definitely influenced yeah. by Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah, it, it cost twenty five million to make in eighty five, brought in twenty three. Yeah. Um, you can't watch then, that in your house, though, right? What's that? Legend. Why not? I Tim, can't watch anything I want in my house. Tim Curry is the fucking devil. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Tim. I forgot. Yes, <laughs> Tim, I forgot. Yes, I see where you're going with that. Hmm. Um, um. So yeah, then he would go on to you know he he, he would make this commercial, and then go on to make a couple, two, three small films like uh, you know Gladiator and uh, The Martian and Robin Hood. 
Don't really like any of those. You don't like The Martian? The book was better. Oh, sorry. You can always say that. Yeah, but I read the book like two and a half years before the movie came out, and I was fully anticipating Paul Rudd to be playing uh, Mark Watley. And uh, when it was Matt Damon, he just didn't do it right. In my head, when I was reading the book, I was picturing Paul Rudd the entire time. Sorry. In my fantasies, I picture Paul Rudd the entire time. Well, yeah, I mean, by default. All right, here is my next pick. Wrestling fans, let's go back into the dressing room with Gene Okerlund and the new champion, Hulk Hogan. All right, it's absolute bedlam and pandemonium here back in the locker rooms at Madison Square Garden. Gene Okerlund here with the brand new World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. You proved it to thousands and thousands of fans, not only here tonight in Madison Square Garden, but throughout the wrestling world. You know something, Gene? They proved it to themselves. All I asked was for the Hulk to stand behind the holster. And I told him I'd bring it home for the USA. You know something, Gene? It is the dream of a lifetime, Daddy. And you know something? I can't imagine. This is like going to the mountaintop a thousand times over. I feel the energy. Hulkamania is running worldwide. And it just turns beyond me, Gene. And I felt every one of those 25, 30 plus thousand people with me standing behind me all the way. And it felt great. Well, you have arrived, Hulk Hogan. Have you never seen anything as beautiful as this, Gene? This belt is part yours, too. It's everybody out there. Oh, 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 oh. That's nice of you. I'm really proud of you. And you are a good wrestler. Oh, the champagne is blowing. Ivan Putsky. You're a very good wrestler. I congratulate you, Hulk Hogan. Thank you, boss. Andre's always the boss. January 23rd, 1984. Long before I was even watching wrestling, but I would... Get into Hulkamania shortly after it, but then fall out and then get back into it in 1990. Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik with a leg drop to win the WWF champion at Madison Square Garden. God damn it, pal. Um, It was the start of Hulkamania's babyface persona. blew up he did the finger pointing no 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 the hulking up antics the unbelievable strength that he would gain from the crowd when he would hulk up and the crowd fucking ate it up hogan must pose he held the championship over three wrestlemania and many designs the belt he's wearing in this that he got off the iron sheik was that green strap and the the big gold circle with the double plated um rose down the side Mm mm-hmm and then they did a um, they did a few iterations after that until he would lose the belt 1,474 days later to one Mr. Andre the Giant in 1988. And uh, Andre had that um, Andre the Giant version of that belt. And then Macho Man would uh, debut the Winged Eagle belt, which was the famous WWE championship until 1998 when they did the Big Eagle belt. And so on and so forth. I think that's what they're trying to do with Roman Reigns, though. Surpass Hogan's run of... Yeah, yeah. 1,474 days. I don't know how much longer. Um, 
I, I can't math. Yeah. So, yeah. He's got some, some time yet to, to kill, I think, another... So after WrestleMania, they didn't put the belt on Cody because it was like in May he hit a thousand days, so he needs another five hundred. So in a year from May after WrestleMania, he'll be at another three hundred sixty-five, and then he does almost another year. So it'd be like two WrestleManias from now. He'd have to. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think they do that. No. No. I think he beats The Rock at uh, Hell in a Cell, or not Hell in a Cell, uh, Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia. The Rock puts him over, but it's a schmoz. Mm-hmm. And then he loses to Cody at WrestleMania. Yeah, I definitely think he drops at WrestleMania. Cody's white hot, baby face. Yeah. I think night one is Seth, CM Punk. Night two is Cody... And I think Punk loses. I bet Punk loses to Seth. And then I bet Punk goes for... They do Cody Punk. <laughs> they do... With Tony Khan's two biggest stars, they make the money. Yeah. So, I have no... Don't care about either company, particularly. I'm not a, a mark for WWF or uh, AEW, but I do think it's odd that his two biggest stars are now. And, well, they got Edge, but... Yeah, but all all their biggest hottest guys, uh, other than like MJF, are guys that are pretty much on their way out. Yeah, losing that Jade Cargill too was a kick in the nuts for him too. Yeah, uh, that's what happens. Hunter took over, and that's you knew it was going to happen. Anyway, uh, yeah, Hulk Hogan winning the belt, nineteen eighty four, brother. Yeah. Start of Hulkamania uh, running wild. Do you remember when you first saw it? What? the match I have no fucking idea yeah like it wasn't I kind of forgot about it I went back like year I don't know probably maybe probably when Sheik died I went back and watched it that is something you would do I had like no memory of it just that he did like you know like the video you know like the end you see because they I knew that interview I've seen that interview a thousand times in the interview, also him walking out like the entrance of him, like you know, going crazy. But it was the same but, as like, every ent- entrance he ever did. Sh- sure, uh, but you know, really, like how dirty, like how like a heel, like Hogan wrestled. Oh, he always shit. wrestled as a heel. Still, but like Hogan's just, always wrestled as a heel. I, I know, but like choking him with the attacking him from behind, choking him with the. Um, yeah, Hogan his, fucking wrestled as a goddamn um, heel. But, I mean, Sheik was so fucking hated that, I mean, and, and he was loved for it. That's what everyone wanted to do. And it was pretty much a squash match. You got him in, in the Cobra Clutch, but that hulking up, man. I fuck you in the ass. <laughs> um... Hogan still looked like he was in his mid fifties when this happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> He's all like. So, uh, but that's it. I don't want to go on forever about it, but um, here is your next pick. 
I uh, love me some Transformers. Uh, and yeah, it's the beginning of a massive franchise that still is churning out content uh, to this day. Yes. Uh, yeah. Th- this is one of the shows I was talking about when you know we were talking Muppet Babies. Uh, it was uh, it's a toy commercial uh, for uh, thirty minutes. Um, Trying to sell, um, uh, was it Day, uh, Day Clan, Diaclan? How do you pronounce it? What? Uh, the Japanese toy that was based on. Oh, I have no idea. Diaclan, um, but yeah, it's actually based off of two, uh, Japanese, multiple Japanese robot toy things, and they just kind of put it all together and then rebranded it as Transformers. And they're like, well, we need a commercial. Uh, let's uh, make a cartoon. So, yeah, they developed the, the Transformers. They redrew them uh, to make them, give them a little more human-like traits and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, in 1984. Um, oh, excuse me. One second. Uh, launched into uh, syndication, and uh, yeah, I fucking loved it. I mean, I'm trying to think when I actually did watch it. So like, definitely like by the time the film came out, yeah, I was three, four. Like I was, I was watching Transformers, but I didn't know like you didn't know when it was on or how because. It's not like when you're like, like by the time like Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles are running, like I could read a TV guide and highlight where my shows are, so I knew when to watch cartoons. When Transformers was running, I was incapable of doing such things, so it was almost like a fun treat when that music hits. Like, yay, Transformers was on. Uh, and then, then the movie would come along uh, in '84 and '86. Because, like I said, the, the whole point is to sell toys. And what better way to get rid of the old toys and um, bring in new toys than to physically kill them in a movie um, brutally and swiftly. Uh, and, and basically, so anyone that says, oh, you, you murdered my childhood with these new Star Wars movies. No, they murdered my childhood in my childhood. Yes. Yeah, I remember I was crying. We left the movie theater, and I was very upset. This was years after '84. This was '89, right? '88. The, the movie? Yeah. The movie was '86. '86, Jesus. Yeah. Um. Uh. But '84 is when like the, the first, all, all the like, Optimus, Bumblebee, uh, uh, Wheelie Jack, the little the little Jeep, um. No, that wasn't Wheelie Jack. Who was the little Jeep? I have no idea. Uh, I don't really know them that well anymore. I forgot who the little Jeep was. Um, 
But like Ironhide was my favorite. Um, and he is uh, brutally executed, shot in the head uh, by uh, Megatron um, in the movie. Because uh, we had to make room for more fire trucks. Um, RC made it through. Um, and then we, of course, we get, you know, Hot Rod comes in because, you know, I guess Optimus Prime wasn't cool anymore. Um, but yeah, I love, I love Transformers. And I, I feel like, look, y- y- you can say, yeah, they're, it was just a cartoon to sell toys to kids. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, because Transformers were expensive back then. And I mean, I got a few. Uh, a lot of my Transformers came from yard sales or weren't even Transformers, but some kind of transforming car-like robot creature that wasn't a Transformer, but I didn't know any better, so it just kind of blended in. Um, Yeah, I just liked it as a show. Okay. Yeah, I feel like like it... There's, you know, some shows that are clearly the toy commercial and some that I feel like it's just a little more. A little more. Yeah, it's a little more. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to my fourth pick. That was a 1984 opening to ESPN's USF uh, football coverage. So in 1984, um, Getty Oil in Texaco owned 84% of ESPN <laughs> because they had to <laughs> diversify. They basically had to blow money on something to get a tax write-off. And that gotcha. something was ESPN. Uh, but ESPN then couldn't negotiate for rights for any of the major sports because Texaco wouldn't give them the money to do so. So they agreed to sell their interest, 100% of interest, to ABC Networks, which was not owned by Disney at the time. Mm-hmm. The American, it was just the American Broadcasting Company. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess Getty Oil was acquired by Texaco in February. And they're like, Are we going to get rid of this sh- shit. And then, uh, and then later in 1984, Nabisco buys into ESPN for $60 million. <laughs> Nabisco Brands, Inc. has agreed to pay $60 million in cash for 20% interest in the cable sports network ESPN to the network's parent, ABC Video Enterprises, Inc. The 24-hour sports network, which ABC bought earlier this year for $227 million from Getty Oil and Texaco, Inc., says ESPN is the nation's largest cable network, reaching more than 32.7 million subscribers, more than 84,000 cable systems. 80, I'm sorry, 8,400 cable systems. Yeah. So ESPN, you know, started by Bill Rossman, came up with the concept in 1978, launched on September 7th, 1979, and by 1984, it was owned by ABC and eventually acquired by the Walt Disney Company in 1996. I feel like we might be better off if they just let the executives and middle management of Nabisco uh, come back and take over ESPN and run it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I didn't have long to speak on this, but we're an hour and a half into this, so I'm, I'm wrapping it up. It, it, I mean, it is. It's absurd. It like, is the the. Here is Squeezer's last pick. Never once watch a show. Really? Mm. Oh, it's great. I mean, it it was. I mean, I think it is. I, I haven't watched it. There was a whole community time. episode over who really was the boss. Oh, that that's the point of the show. It's a, right, uh, but I, but um, Abed figures it out. He says the uh, girl, the woman. I think he said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he worked for her, Angela. Angela, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that that's the that's the whole okay, Ahmed. Yeah. Uh, Abed. Abed, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the whole thing Abed, he has a whole class where you're really going to like dissect it and figure out who's actually the boss. Oh, gotcha. And and, and then he just forward. watches every episode and the next day comes in and presents why it's Angela Angela. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I I, remember, I didn't really watch much community. It was great. Love that show. Yeah. Um, loved who's the boss. This was one of those like safe watches, you know. Too mom had no problem leaving it on for the kids. It was cute. Um, ran from eighty four to ninety two, uh, and uh, it was starring, of course, Tony Danza right off, uh, hot off a taxi, because Taxi had just wrapped up in uh, eighty two, eighty three, so he goes right into his own show now. Um, Judith Light played Angela. Uh, Alyssa Milano was his daughter, Samantha. Uh, Danny Pintar was Jonathan, the little boy, who was Judith's son. And, of course, Catherine Hellman played Mona, who was uh, the mom. So it was uh, the the divorced woman with her son and her mom living together. She's a very busy, you know, 80s uh, yuppie business person who doesn't have time. He is a retired professional baseball player, uh, widower with a bad shoulder, so he had to retire early, raising a daughter, and he doesn't want her living in the Bronx, so he moves out of the city to Connecticut to take a job as a uh, uh, housekeeper uh, for this woman. Mm. And hilarity ensues. Yeah, I guess at the time, like now it's like, Oh wow, a guy can vacuum. Like but in 84, like they were trying to go against this whole big tough guy Italian stereotype. So in 84 to do something like this where like, oh yeah, he is plays the quote-unquote housewife role and she's the breadwinner. Um that was the whole idea that they're going to like flip it on his on their head. 
But also, at the same time, like, Tony Danza wasn't an idiot. Like, he didn't play, like, a meathead. Mm. Like, he had his moments, but he was also, like, a very intelligent, smart guy. Like, and a sweet, fa- doting father, you know? Um, mm. and, and then they cross roles where it's, like, uh, uh, like she then kind of takes her in as her daughter, and she's the mother figure she always needed, and he's the father figure the son always needed. And it just, it, it, it worked. It worked. Do you want to um, hear Abed's theory? Yes. Perfect. I knew you weren't And so, by all known definitions of the word boss, i.e. one with authority over another, in nine of 11 known possible fields in which one might teach, employ, guide, oversee, and or otherwise hold dominion, the empirically provable answer to the question, who's the boss, is... Angela Bauer. Yeah, I guess that's not the best payoff. <laughs> Doesn't really explain it. Class dismissed. <laughs> I guess it, it's like you said, it's very obvious she's the boss. Yeah, I I, I see where they're going with it. And he can't it. help point out that, yeah. I was listening yeah. about what you said, too. Okay, okay. He was a man. He's not a dumb stereotype back then. Men really didn't vacuum and take care of the house, so it was okay. a funny flip, flip on it. I was listening. I can do more than one thing. Uh, you you uh, you went back and re-listened to the episode real quick while you were playing. The Damn game. it! <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, um. But yeah, I, I I liked it, and it was on quite a bit. And the intro <clears throat> is still my favorite. Like that, just the van, his van driving through this massive just. I, I always just want to drive down that road of leaves. That's all I ever wanted to do. That seems like something you would all Fiddled, want to do. So, like, I would go out of my way, do a little leaf peeping in a black unmarked van. <laughs> that sounds uh, like someone should call the police on you. <laughs> yes, with, with, with Alyssa Milano in the back. Right. Oh, really creepy. But yeah, um, Thanks. I like it. I'm on board. I want, can I come with you? Uh. Sure. Uh, speaking of creepy, it, it was it had some competition that went up against another show that uh, debuted in, uh, in 1984 that we didn't speak of, nor should we really. It was lauded as one of the greatest shows of all time with its writer and uh, creator being the, the great father figure that we all want to have one day hmm. but now he's in jail or did they get him out who's this the pudding pop guy oh bill cosby uh i don't know yeah. he could be dead for all i know i'm not paying attention i can't see i never liked bill cosby to begin with so no i didn't either i mean he was a little full of himself i never yeah i know like the you shouldn't joke or curse when you're on stage and pull your pants up and make sure you be a double dosage when you're knocking the girl out before you put your pop yeah. in your pudding. Nope, they got him out on technicalities back in 2001, <coughs> uh, 2021. Well, hopefully he dies soon. Yeah, one can wish. I mean, not. I mean, don't don't take this as legal precedent to say and go do something. But if if he were to pass. Uh, before his time, and he's 86, 
Ugh, so he's lived too long already. Gone. Yeah. Um, uh, I will... I'll be more than happy to uh, dance on his grave. Hmm. Melt my pudding pop on it. All right. Um, I don't even know what that means. Here is my... <laughs> that, that sounds like something he would do. Right. Here's my last pick. Did anyone not watch this dumb show? Uh, fuck. I, I I still like sing this to myself. Yeah, I know. I know. It was because Disney Channel. So this debuted in 1984, but it hit Disney Channel in 1986. That's probably where I saw it the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a group of children uh, and teenagers who are in a rock group called Kids Incorporated. And um, according to Wikipedia, the plot says they struggle to deal with issues ranging from crushes to peer pressure to child abuse while performing regularly at a local local former music club called The Palace. Isn't that in itself child abuse? Right. Or The Place. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Which is really called The Palace, but had the A and the sign burned out, which was not replaced. That's why. The action took place on an abstract, stagey, Sets and plots involve many fantasy elements. I, I you know, I we, we watch this all the time, but I couldn't tell you ex, 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 at all what a fucking episode was about. No, nope. my sister no, I'm, mainly I'm liked with you. it. The, the, uh, the theme song is the only thing that sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Like, like you say that Fergie and Jennifer Love Hewitt's in this, I'll just say sure because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Who was it? It, it? Does it have anyone that moved on? Oh. Jennifer right, Love right. Hewitt. Jennifer Love, Jennifer Love Hewitt, wasn't it? And Fergie from Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Oh. I thought you were just setting up as a joke because they were in some kid's show, but you weren't sure it was that one. No, they were in this one, but like, okay. I, I, sure, I, like, oh, you could Mario be. Mario Lopez was in it. You could be lying to me and telling me this, and I would have no idea. Yeah, Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. But he was only a background dancer. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, he can be a background dancer in my yeah. house. Um, Eric Balfour apparently was in 24. Don't know. Don't care. Um, yeah, Kids Incorporated, 84. I could just not believe that's when that show came out. I was like, Jesus Christ, that show's almost as old as I am? Yeah. Fuck. But yeah, that's what I was talking about. And that wraps up television for 1984. Next week, we are talking movies and video games for 1984, right? We did movies. No, wait, not movies. Uh, Toys and video games. Duh. Toys and video. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I don't know of any toy lines that came out in 1984 that I could think of. Um, I just Googled it. That was because I just talked about Transformers. Oh, joke went like, yeah, uh, Star Screamer right over my head. Oh, 
Oh, look, I see what you did there. And then we have the 40 years ago, 1984 grab bag. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, but... <laughs> yeah, because we're kind of covering all of that already. Right. So we might change that show out. So we'll all see. Right. Or we might just take that week off, because... Or no, the wheel show. The wheels, maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for the wheel show yet. We've got to do the wheel show. What 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 other uh, what mammal haven't we touched on yet? Uh, the, the, the monkey. We haven't done a monkey show. We haven't done a monkey show. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we'll do the monkey possum. show. I saw a possum today. I don't, we, listen, you say possum. There's no way we're gonna be able to fill a possum show. I think we can do a possum show. I think a monkey show would be way easier. Monkey show would definitely be way easier, but we've been doing the show long enough. I think we're up to the challenge to do a possum show. How about you do possums, I do monkeys? <laughs> no, I'm not going to be able to come up with five possum picks. I can come up uh, oh, the awesome possum show. Yeah. What's the awesome possum show? I don't know. It's a show about possums. I'm just, cause I saw one today walking down the alley while we were, like, yeah. we were hanging out out there. And I'm like, oh, look, that's, like, is that a cat? I'm like, nope, that's a possum. You know, they like trash. So it was right at home. Right at home. All right, well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week talking toys and video games from 1984, then maybe something else. But until then, I'm Arkay. And I'm Squeezer. Bye, everyone.